The key to success on the field and in your backyard is a comprehensive game plan. So if you're building a fence or a deck this year, trust a Terkstra coach to design, quote, or order the right materials for your project. Visit a Terkstra Lumber near you to learn more. From the Ticats Audio Network, this is the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. Welcome to the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. The Ticats coming off a loss this past Sunday, 32-14 was the final in Toronto, and now getting ready for Montreal at home this Friday, the 23rd at 7.30 p.m. Coach, thanks for taking the time to chat. It's a short week, and you guys are uh, back onto the field right away. You've had a full day now uh, since the loss in Toronto. What's stuck in your mind as sort of the most frustrating part of that loss? I would just say the combination of things. I know it wasn't it wasn't one thing. It was a combination. I think we got better than from week one in a certain in a few certain areas and and uh, in certain areas we didn't. Right. So at the end of the day, it's a team loss. Uh, we've kind of took a deep dive and, and addressed some of the challenges that we saw. And really, it's about fast forwarding. In, in the most literal sense, on to Montreal. Yeah, very fast. Short five-day week here and, uh, you know, sort of a, a truncated practice week. How, how do you handle that less time to, to prepare for this upcoming Montreal game? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's different every year with your football teams. It's, for us, you know, we're going to have to be that interesting combination between being fresh which is going to be hard to be in a five-day turnaround as it is and also prepared. So there is going to be a little bit of, like, we didn't run down yesterday. Uh, we did watch the film, but the players need some time mentally and physically to get away. And then we'll uh, go out and do a crunched, conversion, you know, condensed version of day one and two and, and also shorten it. Right. So, you know, it's not like we're going to go out there and grind them for, for, for that time, because ultimately we're going to kick the ball off on Friday. So, um, yeah, I think we have a nice plan of how we're going to manage that. And now we're just executing it. We talked last week after uh, week one, you know, you can look back at a game at a loss, certainly, and say and kind of identify those plays that went wrong. And you said you can kind of analyze and, and try to try to understand what's the likelihood of those things happening again. How do you view some of the negatives in Toronto as far as their, you know, likelihood of continuing or how easy they will be to change? Well, I think one of the cool things that we do is we address things as growth opportunities and learning experiences um, versus putting the negative spin on it. Um, specifically, I'd say if you know, I think those the game, you know, possibly could have been different. Well, I know it would have been different. I don't not speaking to the outcome. You know, if we, you know, when you're down there knocking at the door you got to go in and and at least come away with with three and that was unfortunate and then we were you know at, at the door again at the fringe and you know we we turned the ball over again and those right there not only are momentum swings plus there was a little bit of a win game they've got a strong kicker and punter um it it played it played a factor in it and then you know we'd like to take the ball away too to as neutralizers right like those type of things. So, uh, you know, penalties came down from week one, which we, we knew would and we expected to happen. However, you know, the ones that we did have, there was a couple of timely ones where we, we were off the field and, you know, we, we didn't put the team first. Let's just say that. Yeah, the first touchdown drive from Toronto, you know, those two penalties against Hamilton sort of 
kept, uh, you know, it's like, it's so frustrating because it's the defense does their job in a sense, you know, they, they, they did what they had to do. They were off the field, like you said, and, and twice we saw in that game, just uh, penalties, keep the, keep the thing going. But you look at the end, you had half the penalties that you had in Winnipeg. In fact, you had less than Toronto in the game. Is there anything you can coach on? I mean, when it comes with that, you kind of did what you need to do as far as totally chopping that in half, but just the, the effect that they had was still, you know, present there was still, you can still feel it watching the game. Yeah. You, you, you point it out and you, you don't dwell on it. You don't brush it under the rug. You, you know, Luke, you address the elephant in the room and you address the challenges hard. You know, that people aren't out there trying to mess up. They want to win the game, but there's consequences uh, for poor, poor decision-making in the heat of the moment. And they need to know that it affects more than the individual. This is the ultimate team sport. And, you know, that part's extremely frustrating. But what you're looking for is uh, patterns of behavior that aren't aren't repeated. And if they are, then, you know, as we say, then we're going to need people's seat because there's so much riding on it and everybody's dependent upon it. And that's what's beautiful about this game is that, you know, an individual can make a great decision that never shows up in the box score or nobody but, you know, mom and dad or your spouse see. Um, and it makes all the difference in the game. Hmm. Those turnovers you addressed there, it's the hardest position in sports to play. Widely agreed upon. Quarterback is the hardest position in sports. And you've got a, a really good one uh, with the Ticats. A couple, couple costly turnovers earlier in the season. Specific to Bo Levi Mitchell, a guy who's got so much experience in this league, what do you as a head coach say to him about, about the turnover issues early in this season? You just address it. There's no sugarcoating it. You know, we either got to run it or throw it away. There's, there's no, there's no soft landing. There's no, like he's a pro. He's the Mm -hmm. first one that's going to take ownership of it. And when you have a player like that and a person like that, um, you can, you can grow, grow from that. And so he'll be the first to tell you he would, uh, you know, he's not going to make those type of uh, mistakes again. You don't dwell on it, but he he wants to be coached. Before the game coach, Lawrence Woods, uh, unfortunately, unable to to make it to the to the game day roster. Can you speak to the how late in the week that was the burden that that puts on the team and how you handle something like that? Yeah, it was the day before the game. Uh, the same thing that, you know, we had learned about Seth Small. And uh, those are things that, yeah, kind of we kind of pride ourselves around here for being being prepared. Uh, and those are things you can't prepare for, except you know this, Luke. Um, this is uh, adversity. Let's just say that. And it's always about the response to it. And so how do you do it? You take it in, you acknowledge it, you don't, you don't act like it didn't happen. And then you move on and you, there's so many other players that are there in the room and the game. And as we say, the ball is going to be kicked off regardless. So let's, let's embrace this. It's really what it is. Mm -hmm. Gallimore. I mean, pretty impressive you know, from the booth, from a guy who probably didn't expect to be to be taking all the returns as they prep for the week. But are you pleased with how he performed on that short notice? Yeah, I thought he did some things really well. I mean, first and foremost, your job is to get the ball back to the offense. And we're always trying to get one first down. 
you're trying that the offense doesn't have to get. So you start with 10 yards. I think he had a near 40 yard kickoff return, mm-hmm. uh, which which we kind of expected to get because they you know they kind of outkicked their coverage um, in the most literal sense. With yeah. you know BD's got a huge leg on kickoff, so you should be able to get a little bit better return uh, against Toronto. Um, and then yeah, as the punt return, I think the first and foremost thing is you always um, you got to catch it. You got to catch the ball and finish with the football. And I thought he did a great job of that. And, you know, there's, a, there's, you know, there's, you know, Luke, you've been back there. There's, there's a feel you got to have. It's not always about your speed. It's about setting up your blocks and those things. And you only get that from experience, mm-hmm. right? Like it's one thing that I've learned. And I think the running backs always echo this type of thing. And, you know, to the, just, to the fan, they might not understand this completely. And some coaches don't either. But I remember running backs always saying, you know, they'll take an outside zone up here and try to run it like they would in in the States or in the NCAA, meaning on the smaller field. And they just, what happens is you get to the numbers and then there's another, you know, near 15 yards and then people run you down. So, you know, as a rule of thumb, if you don't cut it up by then, because you got you're dealing with fast, fast, quote unquote, linebackers, the game's just a little different. And so what yeah. I'm saying is it's kind of the same thing for the returner. You think that because there's this big field, you're just going to keep running. And then you, once you get out there, uh, you're going to be able to turn the corner and just go. And sometimes that's the case. But I think you're going to see more returns, more time than not, where uh, you're going to cut it up in first and then you may widen it. Yeah, absolutely. That's good perspective. Uh, in that Toronto game, couple good catches. You know, the the it did at times. You know, short of those turnovers at the end of those drives, but it seemed like the 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 timing and connection. Bo Levi Mitchell and his receivers looked uh, better uh, certainly than week one. You had some really great defense, specifically in the in the third quarter and the pass game in the second half in general. How about some other positives? What what do you what do you praising the team for what are some what are some things that maybe a uh, 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 your average listener or watcher of that game wouldn't have noticed that the Ticats did well wow well I think the the biggest proof isn't I think sometimes people think you know in the media and everything they always want to say well what did you tell your team at halftime what did you tell them after the game what do you mm-hmm. what is your messaging this week and most of the time I keep that between you know us and us I think the most powerful testimony sometimes is in the film. And so when you talk about pulling positives, what what I did was I pulled clips and showed them, you know, what the standard for 2023 was. And that's a standard they set. We set the expectations. This is what we expect you to do. But until we catch you doing it right, it's hard because there's just words. So there's actual tangible examples of, making a play, a one-handed catch where the ball maybe was a little too far, um, a guy running through his shadow, as you would know, meaning catching the ball and turning right up field on a key third and two to make sure we got it. Uh, ball security was an issue in week one, and you can see uh, JB or, or Butler capping the ball and iron crossing mm-hmm. it and, and having a hard hold on it. These are things that you get encouraged about that don't show up. At the end of the day, I completely understand that this is about it's a zero-sum game it's about winning and all I can say is those type of things you see improvement and it keeps you going and you're encouraged so you highlight those things this is where we were week one this is how we grew you know we what the bottom line is you want to learn off of wins as you do off of off of defeats and so uh 
yeah, the messaging where the words, you know, repeating all that right now, it w- might be fun, but it wouldn't doesn't resonate to the team the same way that the proof in the film actually does. Hmm. Matt Schiltz, coach, what do you, what do you do about Matt Schiltz? <laughs> I mean, just kind of unbelievable how he came in in the fourth quarter. What what do you say about Matt? That that's Matt. That's why you that's why you go out and get a backup quarterback uh, like him because he's capable of those type of things. And yet, and regardless of the time of game, regardless of the game plan for him, any of those things, there's no moment that's too big for him. And but yet he's willing to do all the little things when he's not the person. Uh, he's he's the ultimate teammate he's supportive and you know I don't want to do him a disservice but you know to say that I was surprised with the poise he showed and the you know he's been in the offense longer Mm -hmm. and so that's that's a positive so uh, I can't say enough great things about the person and that's why we we work so hard and to get him back here and I think that was evident because other teams saw him as their backup also too a lot of Backup quarterbacks would probably say of themselves that they're preparing like they're going to start every week. It's probably a description used for backups pretty frequently, but you know it's it's you know the proof's in the pudding with Matt Schultz. What what does he do different than you've seen other backups do? Like why is he so prepared? Is he actually does he actually have different different habits and routines throughout the week to get that ready? I think some of it is just in his presence. Luke, it's not always in what he, yeah, sure. Is he in the building early? Absolutely. Does he always looking for the, for the pictures? Absolutely. Uh, Does he have a good attitude out on the field when he's not getting reps? Absolutely. But then there's that, that feeling, right? And there's that, you know, even when I coached you, there was stuff I didn't know. It's, it's, it's about the locker room and how they perceive you less, less about what the coaches perceive. And so, you know, you saw that in Jeremiah when he prepared and Mm. there's just a feeling, you know what I mean? Of just a a calm confidence type of thing. You know, even Dane prepared extremely, extremely hard. I remember watching Zach Caleros in Toronto, Trevor Harris in Toronto, when we had Ricky Ray, when I coached the DBs in Toronto Mm. and you say, what is it about them? It's, there's just, a natural, authentic professionalism about them that you know that if protected and, and the circumstances are right, that these these are the type of people that are going to have the best opportunity um, to be high achievers. We've talked about turnovers, or I should say, the giveaways a lot. You, I'm the I come from an offensive perspective, and you from a defensive perspective, and so turnovers we see differently. And then the takeaways you mentioned briefly at the start of this show, you know, you also, you want to, you don't want to forget about that side of the ratio as well. How do you, how do you, how are you coaching and talking about that, that, uh, that knack for a defense to just learn to be stealing the football away? You know, what is the conversation like uh, for that, that part of the ratio? Again, it's the conversation is just the start of it. You got to start seeing it in practice, right? Mm -hmm. Like getting your hands on footballs, balls that, yeah, some are some are completely built for knockdowns, and then there's some where it's like, no, that's an average play. Let's be, let's make a great play, or that's a good play. Let's make a great play. Like let's, we need to intercept that ball, mm-hmm. or that's a fumble opportunity that 
you got to, you know, lo- you know how we do it, Luke. Like, don't, no, no loose balls on the foot ground on the on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. So we're always pressing and picking them up or scooping them. Um, tackle turnover circuit hatchets. So we're always working on it so that it's not new in the game. When the opportunity presents itself, you get it. And so, uh, and then you just have to have, you know a belief and a mindset that, that you can do it and you that you're freed up to make those plays. You know, it's definitely different on offense where you remember when I coached you, like even when we we're doing mesh drill, I would yell out to you, it's third and five. Like I'm yeah. trying to add an, an element that there's no bad footballs. The only thing that's terrible right now is that we don't catch it and get this five yards. Mm-hmm. And so um, you're, you're always trying to put those, put them in situations that, that show up in the game. It's the same reason you echo down in distance in practice and all that. But I don't want to get too technical, but there's all these things behind the scenes that sometimes take growth. You know, it's with all due respect, you know, like, uh, you know, you were a a highly intelligent player with a you were a self starter and those type of things. And I always use you as an example because it's it just it's cleaner. Right. And so when I'm when I was coaching you or preparing you, it was more about you know, challenge you in other areas, get the last shove. Um, can you get somebody else to your level of knowledge? That's going to help our team get better. And some people aren't self-starters where you got to consistently challenge them, you know, all the time. So um, messaging is different. You kind of got to find out what each player does well, put them in those situations to continue to get well, and then also encourage them to work on their weaknesses. Hmm. That's great. Um, <clears throat> Coach, you've got a unique challenge at the start of the season that that maybe has gone unknown by a lot but you've got first game of the year against winnipeg of course it's game one so nobody has film but then you go on the second game of the season and toronto is coming off a bye week so you still have no film on toronto now we go to the third game of the season and it's montreal who also has had a bye week and so again you've got a limited uh collection of film from this season first of all what the heck (laughs) second of all what do you what do you do or i mean i know it's an uncontrollable factor but but how how is it if three weeks in a row you're preparing for a team that you have very little uh uh you know a sample size of yeah it's interesting because we've known it's it's been on the schedule meaning you know we're in montreal and then seven days later we're actually in winnipeg with a travel day and you're releasing people and and you know that it's on the schedule so we we embrace that and we're excited for it and then you go through it and it's different because it's not you don't envision who's hurt how you're shuffling the roster the first time we're getting on a plane the dress code yada yada that's just stuff that you know the general fan wouldn't wouldn't know right and and that's it's awesome. It's just you can't prepare for things that you haven't done uh, in those situations. And then, you know, not having film is definitely tough, um, but that's everybody starts the season that way. You don't really know what the team's going to do. You know, them coming off a bye, that's just what it is. You know, they're going to kick the ball off anyway. And then, you know, Montreal coming off a bye this week. And, yeah, we only have one game of film on them. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a challenge. And I just – you know, I just feel like we're built for this. That's there's no back down. It's it's on the schedule. We we adjust, and then as you're going through it, you learn about yourself, and you learn about you learn about your football team and your staff. Montreal, of course, has the week one uh, win against Ottawa, an East opponent. What what can you what can you tell us? What do you expect from this Montreal team? Yeah, I mean, they're you know obviously they have a different play caller in Jason. 
uh, who's you know done very well and is highly competitive. I know I know Jay real well, and I know that they'll be prepared to play. They I feel like uh, you know as far as the special teams. As new as he may be, there's still a lot of continuity on that football team, you know, with their D coordinator, with Noel being back, and then with Archambault with special teams. So I feel like uh, they're a confident group that's, you know, very, they're a physical football team. You know, we're going to have our hands full, but that's going to, I could say that every week. You know, I feel like every team is, is going to be highly competitive. Everybody's, you know, after the same thing. So this is going to prove a great challenge for us. And, you know, we're looking to get better and obviously come out with the win. Well, very good. In a short week, we'll let you get back to it. The Coach O Show with Luke Tasker is presented by Turkster Lumber. Check out the project coaches at Turkster Lumber. They can help with every part of your home renovation from designing a deck to ordering a new front door. Learn more at TurksterLumber.com. Coach, best of luck. Day one slash two, short week. Uh, looking forward to this game at Tim Hortons Field on Friday. Me too. Thanks, Luke. See you next week. Another episode of the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker is in the books. Let us know your thoughts. Email us at gamedayatiecats.ca. Coach O and Luke are back next week to discuss the latest from the locker room. Subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.